Science of Arboriculture podcast series. This series was developed by the International Society of Arboriculture and is brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. This podcast series offers full-length educational talks by the world's top researchers, educators, and practitioners, helping to keep you up to date with developments in the arboricultural industry. Today's talk is by Henry Kane, who has over 18 years of professional experience in arboriculture and is an ISA certified arborist. This podcast features his talk on vegetation management processes. It was originally presented at the 2012 International Society meeting in Portland, Oregon. It's kind of been interesting today to do uh, last because everybody today has kind of talked a little bit about my topic which uh, it's not really a new approach, it's more of an integrated approach, and that's uh, related to project management and the uh, field of managing vegetation uh, as well as operations as a whole. So that's going to be the bulk of what I'm going to talk about today, kind of make some parallels uh, with some ISA BMPs. Start first with a uh, quick safety message. Um, so nice backdrop of Portland. It's kind of Easy since this is one of the fittest communities in the country, uh, bicycle capital of, uh, of the U.S. But one of the things is easy, everybody has health insurance in here, probably 95%. Uh, it is amazing when I ask my employees who sign up for health insurance, I ask them when's the last time they've had a physical. And you would be surprised at how many people just don't go to the doctor. You know, that is a simple copay, go to a dermatologist, get checked up. But it is amazing how many people do not go to the doctor. The other part is on fitness. So a couple of years ago, I made a decision that I wanted to get in shape. And that doesn't happen by sitting around the house. And uh, I was looking pretty poor because I wasn't very excited about this. But if you put a lot of effort to working out push-ups, there is hope that you can make a quality difference in what you do. So this is kind of my disclaimer. Uh, I'm a contractor, so I have a different viewpoint than uh, some of the other folks like Ann who works for a utility. Uh, some of the things that I'm talking about, I'm sure that you guys have implemented at your utilities or have, but that's not Sarah Palin, by the way. But all these folks have different viewpoints, and so that's kind of just my you know, disclaimer that you know, what I'm saying. I'm making some blanket statements, but uh, there's one group in here that's actually from Portland. Would anybody know who that might be? Simpsons. Simpsons. So Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, is actually from Portland. Some useless trivia knowledge for you. So the overview, um, I don't need to go through what the utilities are going through on state and federal regulations. We've heard about that uh, many times today. Sarah just shared with us what she's dealing with. Um, but all I want to talk about is how project management as a discipline, as a science, you know, allows for common language across department boundaries, across different contractors, 
um, as well as different companies, organizations, um, talk about the IBM best management practices. I was sitting in the back because I was raised as a backseat Baptist. And I looked around and so one of the things I noticed is uh, in the front cover on Roman numeral three, they give a special thanks. So raise your hand if you're in acknowledged in the IBM ANZA 300 BMP. Does, it, does everybody even know whether or not half the people that are acknowledged in this are actually in the room today? So I don't know if you guys know that or not. It's kind of neat. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about the uh, ISA BMPs, compare that to project management. There's six uh, primary steps they talk about in the BMPs. I'm compare that to the five process groups that uh, project management outlines and then kind of have some fun at the end about um, project management as it relates to uh, software projects. Facts and figures. Uh, this was a recent workshop in a gentleman named by Dr. John J. Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, came up with these facts and figures. And some of it's quite styling. Uh, probably one is the third bullet of 78% of those engaging in project management had no project management experience. And those that did have experience, that experience usually lasted three days or less. Um, so in the meeting today, I had a really basic three goals to start with. One was get a little laugh. Probably should have got that one earlier. Other one, I hope you write one thing down. So if you want to write one thing down, that name, Dr. John J. Byrne, he uh, wrote a book on um, Polaris, which is a submarine back in the Cold War era. It's called, um, get this right, the title right, because it doesn't work very good on Amazon if you don't have it right. But the total is the uh, title was uh, Lessons in Risk Management. Kind of goes through um, risk management and he compares and contrasts the Polaris, um, constructing of the Polaris submarines in the Cold War, which they called a missile gap. I won't go in and get sidetracked with that. History of project management has been around forever. Uh, they have uh, signs from uh, the pyramids that they actually built it in stages. Uh, when they built the Great Wall of China, they had different groups of people building it. They had soldiers, they had commoners, and they had criminals. Um, one of the other things that everybody probably knows is about Henry Gantt. He, uh, the title is uh, based on, the Gantt chart is based on Henry Gantt. Back in the turn of the century, the 20s, one of the first projects to use uh, the Gantt chart was the Hoover Dam. Project Management Institute, uh, founded in 1969, that is what creates uh, the Project Management Book of Knowledge, the PMBOK. Uh, has everybody heard, anyone heard of that? A couple? So not, uh, not completely new. So again, it is the Project Management Book of Knowledge is an ANSI standard. Uh, was uh, instituted, recognized as the standard in 1998, which was also the same year as IEEE adopted the Project Management Book of Knowledge in their organization. So if you are a PMP, Project Management Professional, you could go to China, you could work, as long as you can speak Mandarin. So for utilities, uh, nuclear generation was the first kind of real project management, then into fossil generation, uh, transmission operations, and then into IT organizations and distribution. So it is in our, in our industry. 
Just a couple of baselines, if you will. So a project is a temporary endeavor, create a unique product, surface, or result. One of the things in there that will focus too much on is unique. Uh, projects have a very defined beginning and end. Um, example that all of you can relate to is uh, vehicles. So Ford makes an SUV, they make a sedan, they also make a hybrid. Um, each one of those in itself is a project. It has a unique design and it's also marketed differently, an SUV to a different group of people than a, uh, a hybrid. The act of actually making the vehicle would be deemed an operation, something that is uh, um, ongoing. And I think that uh, you might look at transmission, electric uh, distribution, and gas, maybe each one as being unique as a project, and then the act of doing the work being your operation. I may mention a couple of times, the last one, a PMO. Uh, PMO is responsible uh, to setting standards, um, assisting team members with uh, communication and directives, uh, templates. So if I mention PMO a couple of times, that might be. So in our industry, we have a lot of different disciplines that make up vegetation management. One that you may notice that's absent there is urban forestry. Don't know how I forgot that. Um, and, and having gone through you know, some of these coursework um, and graduate studies, and I don't think, you know, anywhere did they ever talk about project management. You know, it's the same thing that a gap we have in our industry. We don't do anything a lot with business unless you take it as elective. So if you're a forester, you come out, you know all about trees, but know nothing about business generally. But in engineering, that would probably be the only one where they have some project management coursework. Um, there's a lot of those uh, concepts and methodologies in forestry. Um, but it's not something that's presented as a science or a discipline. So now we get into the uh, Angie standard of uh, IBM. And so the ISA produced these as, you know, companions to the ANSI A300, you know, group of standards that they have. Um, what I just kind of want to show is how they are a great complement. As I mentioned before, the uh, Project Management Book of Knowledge is an ANSI standard. So here are the six steps that you guys are all familiar with, uh, setting the objectives, evaluating the site, defining action thresholds, evaluating and selecting your control methods, uh, implementing IBM, monitor, treatment, uh, and quality assurance. So my guy did it backwards this last time. Let's see if I can get this right. So in the, in the in the BMP on page, I think it's page five, where they talk about communication. They talk about communication and documentation, which is a core principle in project management. They mention it uh, here, um, just a couple, I'm not going to read this word for word, but communication being essential to planning and implementing a successful VM program. The other one is utility vegetation management programs should have systems and procedures in place for documenting and verifying the vegetation mark was completed to specifications. Project management helps you do that. So I'll go back. So that was uh, and it, this marketing guy got him out of order. So this is also in uh, the BMP. This kind of shows that it is a cyclical because it's dynamic in nature. They represented it as a cyclical nature uh, as a cyclical process. I'll kind of compare and contrast that in a minute. You guys, that's... 
So as I mentioned, project management has uh, what they call process groups, and there are five process groups. The first four process groups are all represented in the ISA BMP for Integrated Vegetation Management. There is one that is missing, and that is closing, that, that is not necessarily represented because it is shown as a cyclical process. Um, I can kind of, I'm going to compare and contrast that a little bit. Um, these are some definitions associated with each of those process groups uh, from initiating, uh, planning, executing. Then the closing is formal acceptance of a project and bringing it to an end. Um, for contractors, that's probably one of the most important parts is the closing time. That's when we get to invoice. That's when we submit all of our reports, um, documentation, production numbers. And so I truly believe that there is a closing but it's something in the ISA BMP that's not really discussed or shown, but it's also a very important uh, aspect in what we do is the closing. So this comes from the Project Management Book of Knowledge. I couldn't scan it, so I had to duplicate this by hand, so that's why, <laughs> let me go back. So that's why I went over the line a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> So uh, you guys can read graphs. I'm not going to go through uh, how to read it. But you know, on the previous slide, you know, it shows it like they're not overlapping. And if you've ever you've done project management, you know, in most cases when we do project management, all we focus on are the triple constraints that you all are familiar with, which is scope, budget, and time. And there's a lot more associated with managing a successful project than just those triple constraints. But when I looked at this, the part that I kind of found really interesting is this controlling line that's right here. Now, controlling is your monitoring and your quality control piece. And so in places in your, any time that's uh, whether cyclical is in the planning phase, if you're not meeting your baseline or things aren't right, you, you could actually, it's, it circles in the middle here. So there are some cyclical processes in project management. You can see how that controlling starts as soon as you initiate the project, almost to the part where you're done executing. Again, just kind of showing that chart to you. So here are the process groups and the six steps and the ISA BMP kind of folded out and uh, show how the four sections of initiating, planning, implementing that probably should say executing, same word, and how that quality control phase encompasses all of those steps that you have in there. But in the previous slide, as I mentioned, it shows it as a cyclical, I went to the wrong way again. You said it was hard. Um, you know, but there's no closeout in that, and I would say that there is a closeout. And uh, if you're on a, every time you have a new contract, if it's time and material, or let's say if it's fixed price, it was out to bid, you have a very defined beginning and end. And then you go bid on the project and you have a beginning and end. So using that forward analogy, going out and doing the work, you know, is an operation. But each one of those bids that you do is its own project. Nothing else I wanted to show there. So these are the things that, uh, it's not an exhaustive list of what typically would go in a project plan. And as contractors, uh, having worked for multiple contractors in my commercial days as, 
as well as in municipal, there are a lot of these things that aren't documented. And when we talked about before, the documentation and communication are key in project management. So one of the things that in the last project management workshop I was at, they talked about the work breakdown structure. And they were doing some consulting work for a large investor-owned utility, and they had a hard time staying on budget doing substation maintenance or substation uh, construction. So what they did is they brought all the people in who were associated with building substations. And work breakdown structure is nothing more than identifying for each one of those steps, you know, a time uh, the tasks, time associated with that task and putting labor or billing rates associated with it. It can be very exhaustive, but anything that is an action gets mapped or charted out. It looks very much like a flow chart. So at the end, I asked them, you know, did they stay on budget? So since they have started using work breakdown structure and their project plan, they've been on budget uh, or under. Another one I think that's often over, uh, that's missed out is identifying stakeholders when we do projects. We all know that they're, you know, who they are, but I don't think a lot of attention goes into um, what the impacts are on when you're doing a project. And they, <coughs> this individual worked for a large, uh, had worked for a large investor-owned utility in the Northeast, and they were putting in smart meters uh, throughout their, I don't know, couple million uh, customers. And they're trying to find a way to alleviate as, as the least amount of impact to their customers. And so they thought the easiest way to do that is we'll start in the fringe, you know, where it's kind of suburban and rural, and work our way into the city center. And one of the people that was on the project team was a vice president of uh, public relations communications. And she had had a lot of problems with uh, inner city communities thinking that they weren't getting the attention as those who lived in the uh, suburban rural areas. So here they have this great project plan on how they're gonna deploy these smart meters. And they never really thought to get her feedback on how they were gonna deploy these smart meters. So when she heard that they were gonna start this new and exciting project, and they were gonna start in the fringes, and the people who were gonna get it last were gonna be in the inner city, now that wasn't an option. So if they had taken time and identified uh, what was important to her and the project, they could have saved themselves a lot of time. So they ultimately had to change it, and they did parts in the inner city as well as in uh, the rural areas. The other thing, as contractors, whether you're line clearance or planning, that's not, not a lot of attention is given to, and this is a change control, this is same as your uh, scope creep, or when you have budgets that change, so we have the same expectation, we're gonna do the same amount of work. There are formal processes that the Project Management Book of Knowledge gives you in managing scope creep, or if there is a scope change and how you document it and what you do. And I can tell you as contractors, you don't do that very well, because I work with some of you, and the change is you get a call from some regional forester and you're expected to change, and everything is done on the phone, and at the end, uh, everybody's wondering, uh, why is, you know, why is, uh, why didn't you do what was expected of you, and it's just poor documentation. So that change control process is very important. So I found this, some of you guys may have seen this, this is a uh, series of slides related to project management and what happens when you don't do a great job of communicating. So has, has anybody seen this before? Couple? So this is, uh, what you have to do is really look at the slides. It illustrates a lot about 
what the slide is saying. And so when you look at the first one, I think everybody notices this price tag right here on the tree. That's the only slide also that has fruit, I noticed. You know, there's a nice cushy. So then we go through the process of, of the communication piece, you know, the project leader, and how things get lost in translation. So I really like this one because of the business consultant who told them that they had to do it and what they needed, and that nice big lazy boy, and it's always sun shining. <laughs> and then they go back and they budget for it. <laughs> and you can see what kind of budget they had to do this great project that the business consultant said they needed. So being uh, an organization that has a lot of, you know, being a mobile workforce and focusing on a lot of technology, I can really appreciate what this is. So Sarah, you may be going through some of this soon. And what's even, you know, more illustrative is you have a, a butterfly that's very light, and it didn't take much to break it. So what did the testers do? They did nothing, and it broke. So how it performed under load usually is in deployment. You're in full deployment. You know, you did a nice little beta test for three or four people. Then all of a sudden you do it under load and it blows up. You know, the marketing people are always black and white in what they see. In the legal department. You know, they're usually brought in last when you do projects and whether or not you can do it. The other part that's, uh, as I mentioned, and I've been very repetitive uh, on purpose about communication and documentation, but this right here is very common. You know, one of the things of communication and uh, is is people. It, it seems like it is so easy, and uh, but yet we struggle with it so much. So the first one there with the when was it delivered? It's going to be till Christmas. You know, this, we start our budgets and projects in January. That's very how it was supported. Well, there was no support. And then what the customer really needed. But I think it is very uh, representative of a lot of the projects and project management we do. This one just represents an IT project versus uh, right of way. So a couple more slides, and all it's uh, between you and an adult beverage is these next two slides. <laughs> so hang with me. Um, just as Joe Lynch was here, or Joe was here earlier talking about he could do a whole day, you know, worth of, you know, there's, there's only so much time you have to present a topic. Um, and so one of the things, you know, to become a project management professional, I know there's one in here, but any other project management professionals in here? So to be a PMP, which is one of the uh, certifications that the Project Management Institute uh, gives out, is a, they're called a boot camp. It's about three or four days. You have to have so many hours of online courses, but it's, um, there's a lot of material to go through. The other part that they have that's pretty key to project management is what they call knowledge areas. This is a little bit confusing um, where they have uh, processes that are, uh, and listen, man, I gotta describe it here, it's just how confusing it is. So knowledge areas uh, are similar processors, they have commonalities that are grouped together, but those processes say for cost management, 
may reside in various process groups. I need to cook samples. I gotta write this stuff down because I'll forget it. For example, on the uh, project cost management, estimating cost, determining costs is in your planning process group. And whereas you control your costs would be in monitoring and controlling. Um, the other one that I didn't talk a lot about, again, I've spent the whole thing on risk management. This is another thing I think as utilities, uh, we can do a better job. We talked about it some here, you know, what Sig talked about and what happens if you, you, know, you don't spend money. Um, you know, that is a risk and that's one of many risks. And I think what happens, and I had that silo picture and I was gonna do more to it and I didn't, but that's kind of the problem in our industry when we execute the work is we have those silos and you have the utility, and you have maybe a planning and, comp and a notification company. Then you have multiple contractors that do the work. And so each one of those have risks, and uh, to be able to communicate back and forth, you know, project management is a great way to do it. Kind of uh, tangent there. But on the risk management, that's uh, very similar to uh, decision driving or defensive driving. That is looking at something far ahead and having a plan of action before it occurs. In a lot of cases on bigger projects, you determine what that plan of action is gonna be before the project even starts. So, so if you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna finish on time, you know, the, the ultimate thing is we put more money on it or we do less work, and I'm not sure that's always the best. But there's a lot of other things in the risk management, who's responsible for the risk if it occurs, um, the likelihood, but that is another really uh, good part in, uh, for our industry. And then just kind of in summary, the project management being a, a repeatable process, as I talked about the, the car analogy, the same as with the gas or transmission or electric distribution, um, it is a repeatable process, but treating each one unique in itself, transmission has different uh, challenges uh, than, tra than gas. Um, it also allows you to better communicate and document as that theme that you keep hearing. Um, lower cost, so as we have budget, uh, as we are budget challenges, not only a personal, but maybe also the utility, the project management and reducing errors uh, is very important. Improved quality and effectiveness, better risk management, and uh, improved resource allocation. But it was very interesting today to sit in the back and every person that came up kind of talked about maybe one of the process groups on the LIDAR, you know, that would be your planning. Um, there were some in the execution process group. Um, and I think as an industry, looking at things more at a macro level and pulling them all together, and I think it's really gonna have to happen from the utilities, expecting more out of the contractors as it relates to managing their projects and providing documentation back to them on how you're gonna do it. Utilities do a great job when things come out to bid. They wanna know all this stuff and how you're gonna do it. And they, you know, they get it to people who make these multi-million dollar decisions, who are accountants, or legal these days. And, uh, and that's it, that's the documentation that you ask for, what are you gonna do? And then the project stop, starts, and there's really not a lot of emphasis in wanting to see that documentation on what you're doing. You know, you get the metrics where they look at your triple constraints, right, your cost, and how the scope is going, and, and, and quality, and whether or not you're on schedule. And hopefully I've kind of illustrated there's a lot more in uh, having a successful project than just those three.
constraints. This concludes Henry King's talk on vegetation management processes. If you'd like to learn more about vegetation management, you can find additional materials at the ISA Web Store, including the ISA's Best Management Practices on Integrated Vegetation Management. If you would like to receive CEUs for listening to this lecture, visit the ISA Online Store and select Online CEU Quizzes. If you have recommended topics to cover in future podcasts of this series, please contact ISA at elearning at isa-arbor.com. Thank you for listening to this episode, which is brought to you by the Bartlett Tree Expert Company, caring for America's trees since 1907. Remember to subscribe to this podcast series and join us next time for another episode of Science of Arboriculture. Trees in every country, trees you know we can. Work together and learn what we need to meet the challenge. Traditional skills and modern techniques. Whatever language you speak, you have a world to offer every day. Climb with the ISA.